I was away for a couple of days for the first time in over a year. It was such a good opportunity to be on the road and it felt so good. It also gave me a chance to catch up on no less than eight books in one two hour drive. And that's because I was using this incredible app called Blinkist. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. So when you don't have that free time, you can't read or work on your personal development. That's really annoying. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser, Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes each that you can read or listen to. Right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com reach, try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com reach to start your free seven day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you go and sign up right now at Blinkist.com slash reach. I wanted to take a listen just so it gives you a sense of who you're dealing with here. My dear Anna, this is your favorite tax collector. I'm up in the panhandle with your favorite U.S. Congressman, Mr. Gates. Hi, Anna. And uh, we were just chatting about you and talking about your lovely qualities. And your... We think you're the future of the Democratic Party in Florida. Well, see, I know you're the future of it, so there's no thinking involved. Anyway, if you get this and you feel like chatting, give me a shout back. Hope you're well. Hope you had a nice fourth. Later. It just sounds so creepy, right? I mean, we're just listening to two creeps calling up a girl yeah. late at night, and it's just a woman late at night, and it's just awful. It's just awful. I mean, there's no way that a state they're representative... They're probably buzzed when they're doing it, yeah. and they're probably yeah. like, like totally... They sound like it. That's, that's what it sounds like. And it certainly doesn't yeah. sound like anything that would be acceptable in any major office, but maybe in Florida, things are run a little differently. I don't know. It's funny. They're, they're basically just taking you know, college antics, fraternity-type things, and they're just running with it and and just see how much they can get away with that's that's really it and it's just exactly. and it's gonna catch up to them they're adults that you know they, it seems like there's a lot of crimes that have been committed and they're gonna have to answer for that now none of this is actually yeah. the stuff that greenberg did is criminal but this kind of phone calling this kind of picking up women it might be you know distasteful but it's nothing illegal no no of course not there's, there's nothing that that's there. fine they're just yeah. they're just trying to hook up so then what else is going on in his world that is making it so difficult for matt gates because why would you go on tv and say all these things I'm going to play you a couple of clips uh, from his interview with uh, Tucker Carlson. Horrible allegation, and it is a lie. The New York Times is running a story that I have traveled with a 17-year-old woman, and that is verifiably false. People can look at my travel records and see that that is not the case. 
What is happening is an extortion of me and my family involving a former Department of Justice official. On March 16th, my father got a text message demanding a meeting wherein a person demanded $25 million in exchange for making horrible sex trafficking allegations against me go away. Our family was so troubled by that, we went to the local FBI. And the FBI and the Department of Justice were so concerned about this attempted extortion of a member of Congress that they asked my dad to wear a wire, which he did with the former Department of Justice official. Tonight, I am demanding that the Department of Justice and the FBI release the audio recordings that were made under their supervision and at their direction, which will prove my innocence and that will show that these allegations aren't true. They're merely intended to try to bleed my family. Please, family, obviously. So this is him introducing a whole new element to this case. Instead of talking about the 17-year-old and the human trafficking thing, he claims that he's being extorted by this guy who was trying to get money, $25 million, to uh, rescue Bob Levinson in Iran. Now, most people have assumed Bob Levinson isn't alive yet, but maybe you know, maybe he's alive still. And that they, he was trying to extort $25 million from Matt Gates and his father to do this operation. And he was threatening them with the exposure of this 17-year-old uh, sex scandal. Um, so Andy, let's take your, you're the lawyer here. Why don't you tell us what you think he was trying to do there and also what he, uh, whether that was advisable in any way whatsoever. This, this goes back to what we were discussing before. It's about you know, setting the narrative, changing the, the, the track that things are on. You know, I'm assuming it's made up, but who knows? Um, Bob Levinson thing? You know, it's, it's, it's real because the guy was on CNN the next night. I'll play you that in a bit. But, but still, you know, it's real in the sense that the person exists. It may not be real that right. it came from a legitimate source. And, and the thing is, if you're working with the FBI okay, right. on a covert operational. Well, the first things they're going to tell you is you can't tell anyone what you're doing. Okay. You know, if you go public with this, it's going to blow up the entire investigation and we're not going to be able to prosecute the people that are trying to, you know, extort you or commit this crime. So I think that he, let's say what Matt, Mr. Gates was saying was true. He just committed obstruction of justice. Wow. Okay. He, he just totally blew up to an, FBI, uh, an FBI <laughs> investigation. Right. All right. Let, let's assume that. Let's say what he's saying is false. <laughs> that video of Tucker Carlson is going to be played during his criminal trial for impeachment purposes to destroy his credibility. Mm -hmm. So either way, he screwed himself. And I think it was just completely moronic for him to do any kind of press. But again, I'm from a more conservative viewpoint about criminal defense uh, that everyone needs to follow <laughs> if, if, they're, if they're in trouble, uh, as opposed to this, this Roger Stone-esque type of, of, of thing they do, and which I think has an end. It's got, a, it's got an expiration date, in my opinion. It is very confusing to hear him on TV, though. And I must say, I listened to that interview a few times. What's he actually saying? Because the allegations about him trafficking this teenage girl... And then all he does is he talks about a extortion scheme, which at that point wasn't even known. Yeah. Tucker Carlson ended the interview. He was like, that is the most confusing thing I've ever done. Yeah. I believe. But yeah, he was talking about having dinner with Tucker and this one of the yeah. women. I'm going to play that in a second. What I want to do is just play this one clip from the guy who did the extorting, or supposedly did the extorting. Now, he did this with uh, Cuomo on CNN. Uh, no, because I didn't have any details about his son. I stopped him immediately and explained that this was not an extortion attempt. And I said, look, this is a legitimate offer to help rescue Robert Levinson. I showed him the two videos that I took last summer, or that my team took last summer of Robert Levinson. I explained how we tried to rescue him in, Ju in July. 
and said, look, I said, that operation fell apart. I lost four people. I said, we had no budget, but we believe there's an opportunity to get them out from the top down this time, but it would cost quite a bit of money. Now you put a lot of this in writing which would have been very dumb, especially for somebody with an intel uh, intelligence background if you were trying to extort. You say the FBI has contacted. Have they made it known to you that you are under investigation for extortion? They have not. They brought me in to discuss the situation and I am cooperating. When you say the situation, what situation? They asked me about the meeting that I had with Don Gates. Did they also ask you about what you knew about the congressman and his behavior? They did. And I said, told them the same thing I told you. I just heard rumors about the congressman. I didn't have any specifics about his behavior. Mm. I, you know, I hadn't seen any videos about him or pictures about him. But we, I did hear rumors uh, about his activities. I'll ask you about that in a second. Let's go to the direct uh, proof here so you can explain it. Mr. Gates, text message from me. I would like to talk with you immediately about the current federal investigation and the indictment that is about to be filed against your son. I have a plan that can make his future legal and political problems go away. You sent that text message? I did, yes. Why did you put it that way, uh, that there was an indictment about to be filed against his son? And why did you tee up the legal problems? Matt Gates was in need of, or is, if the allegations are true, he's in need of some goodwill from the government. I'm in need of a sponsor to, to fund the, re the rescue project. Saying the indictment that is about to be filed yeah, he just goes on and confirms that he didn't intend to extort them. Oh, now, this guy God. seems kind of real to me. <laughs> I mean, doesn't he? He looks like he's right out of Central Cast. I want to play him. Right? He'd be great. I mean, he just seems like the real deal. Like, he seems like this, you know, he's some sort of operative. He's been a, you know, he's got, he said something probably out of place. He shouldn't have been so explicit about what was going on. But it could be that they were looking for $25 million. Later on in the interview, he says they've done it before. And the last person I know they did it with was with Oleg Deripaska, who was under indictment. And they got him to pay $25 million to try and get Bob Levinson out. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, somewhere within the intelligence community, someone came up with this idea of let's go get some money from Don Gates. I just don't know if it's official. And it certainly was not intended to as an extortion thing. Maybe it was just like a nudge. It, it's just insane. I mean, this whole thing, it just smells horrible. I mean, if Bob Levinson's alive, why do you need some sort of outside contractor to go in and get him? You know, maybe that's my ignorance on from IC, you know, but I would imagine our IC would, if, if Levinson is rescuable, quote unquote, they would do what they have to do to get him. As, as Matt using that as his defense, oh, they're trying to extort my dad. It, that that doesn't preclude there being an, an indictment and really bad things that they were trying right. to cover both, up. One has, both things can exactly. Be true. One has nothing to do exactly. with the other. You know, yeah. be, I mean, this is just deflection, obfuscation, everything to just move the attention away from what came out public and makes them look real bad. That's really it what certainly it does look like they're conflating two separate events and yeah. they're doing it in order to. Why would you go on TV if you're trying to hear, keep something hidden? Why would you then go on TV and tell everyone about it? If the reason you took the extortion meeting in the first place was to keep this right. thing quiet, why go <laughs> exactly. on TV the next day and then say, hey, these are all the things we did while we were being, you know, we're being extorted for? It just doesn't, it doesn't compute. I mean, unless they're just front facing because it's going to go public anyway. You know, yeah. someone's going to break it. You know, if yeah. I got a call from yeah. a reporter and suddenly they're like, oh, right. shoot, we better get out, get right. ahead of this thing. So then, right. who knows? 
Go ahead. No, well, go. it's also, you know, they learned from Trump saying Russia gates a hoax and stuff. Mm. If you put your own th- lies out there faster and more frequently than exactly. the truth, it becomes the truth to a certain amount of people in this country. And I think that there's a, a commodification of that. I think that they're like, hey, as long as enough of these guys believe me, I'm scot free. As long as enough well, guys believe I um, go. The people that are trying to convince are siloed siloed information anyway so their spokespeople are telling the story that they want their people to believe uh, you know and getting ahead of it and somehow but even on fox news tucker carlson didn't understand his logic which was funny and i think they would do that on purpose so there's a third possible thing that they're looking at here and and gate lets this slip by accident he when he's talking about that girl or the woman sorry that uh, tucker carlson had met over dinner he mentioned something about that. And I'm going to play you that clip. Now, this is not the same woman who's involved in the 17-year-old allegations. Oh, it isn't. This is a separate right. woman. Well, that doesn't sound like it in the interview. And so I listen thought to he what just got engaged. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly what, that's what we were going to. Only know what I've read in the New York Times. Uh, I can say that actually you and I went to dinner uh, about two years ago. Your wife was there, and I brought a friend of mine. You'll remember her. And she was actually threatened by the FBI, told that if she wouldn't cop to the fact that somehow I was involved in some pay-for-play scheme that she could face trouble. And so uh, I do believe that there are people at the Department of Justice who are trying to smear me, providing for flights uh, and hotel rooms for people that you're dating who are of legal age is not a crime. So did you catch that, the pay-for-play thing? That is not the same as any of these other crimes. So the FBI is obviously investigating a pay-for-play scheme as well involving Matt Gates, And I've got three different things potentially involving Matt Gates all at one time. Well, Andrew, why don't you talk a little bit about him, just the, the how stupid it is to go on TV to say this kind of stuff. I'll, I'll just keep reiterating, you're a target of any kind of criminal investigation. The best thing you can do for yourself is keep your mouth shut and lawyer up. And that's right. it. And he just is doing it wrong. That it, that little bit that you just played was very interesting. I didn't I didn't catch that the first time around. I saw that, and you know they could be using you know, these salacious sexual allegations as a, a, another way to deflect from potential bribery situation that he may be involved in. Maybe yeah. to do with you know distract people away f- from focusing on what might be the real investigation. And Melissa yeah. Joe, you are well, so smart I- because you mentioned his soon to be wife. He, he is marrying a none other than this guy's sister. So if those of you follow technology and the world like Facebook and all of that, this name will not be unfamiliar to you. Uh, Palmer Lucky is the guy's name. He's the guy who invented the Oculus virtual reality glasses. Uh, Facebook bought oh, yeah. his company for two billion, then three and a half billion dollars. Uh, he left in a bit of a stink because he's a racist and he's a, a GOP racist. And now he works for his new company, which is all about building drones and a secure border in terms of a virtual secure border. So imagine the southern border would be just policed by drones and AI and you know, would be stopping people from crossing over just by stopping them because they're drones and can identify them. So this is what he does. He's spectacularly wealthy and spectacularly crazy. People have pointed out to me as well that he has been known to associate with Chuck Johnson and in addition to Chuck Johnson, Steve Bannon. So there you see him way back then oh, yeah. with those guys. These are the dirtiest of dirty tricksters. And it turns out that during that year that Matt Gates was dating Lucky, Lucky Palmer's sister, uh, Ginger Lucky is her name, so they met in March 2020, 
But in October 2019, Lucky's company makes all these drones and it wants all the Chinese drones taken out of the US market. So they convinced the Interior Secretary to ban all the Chinese drones from coming into America because they said they were spying on Americans. No proof of that, but it seems like a competitive advantage. Then in March, Palmer and Matt meet at Mar-a-Lago. And then by May, Matt is already lobbying on behalf of his brother-in-law's or future brother-in-law's company. Uh, he's now calling on Bill Barr, of all people, to say that they, police forces in, in, in the United States should be grounding all these Chinese-made drones, which is interesting because Bill Barr also heads the DOJ, which could investigate these kinds of things if he was any pay-for-play going on. And then in September, he does this other post uh, saying how excited he is about this drone showing up from Lucky's company. And then in December 2020, that's when uh, Judge Jean Pirot uh, is at the engagement moment late in the, in the year as the two get engaged. And their wedding is coming soon, presumably also at Mar-a-Lago. Now, this seems like it's not that serious, but it is clear that he is doing work on behalf of his future brother-in-law, not necessarily illegal, but perhaps... What's interesting to me is that the investigation was started under Barr. Mm. And I'm wondering if it got started because obviously Trump probably knows everything about him and or Russia at least <laughs> does. And that he Trump and he had a little falling out like five minutes before COVID hit. Mm. And that was around the time they started this investigation. So it started under Barr. It's not Biden's people coming in to take. Trump could have paused it before Barr left. It also but, started, it seems like it started just before the, the, the engagement announcement, which to me is a little suspicious. Okay. It's, it's, it's kind of appropriate to get married you know, or to get engaged to someone who might be a witness in any, uh, in any bribery oh, yes, scheme or right. anything like that. That's you right. testify against him. Yeah, you can testify. Will you be my spousal privilege? <laughs> well, once he's married, yeah, then yeah. the spousal, she can't be compelled yeah. to testify against him, correct? Now, we don't know that there's any pay for play, but that doesn't look very good. But here is one thing that we're all looking at very suspiciously because everyone thinks this must have been pay for play. One of the last things that Donald Trump did in before leaving office was pardon a guy who was responsible for stealing a lot of Google's technology. He created the Google technology for self-driving cars and he left Google with that. And remember this, he took it to Uber. He took that technology right, to right. Uber. He was found guilty. He had to spend 18 months in jail or something like that. One of the last things Donald Trump did before leaving office was pardoning this man, Mr. Lewandowski. And amongst the people who sponsored that pardon was Palmer Lucky and Peter Thiel, as well as Michael Ovitz. Now, those, yeah. Peter Thiel is obviously a longtime backer of Donald Trump. He also happens to be the chief funder for Lucky's company. And so it's interesting that they're letting off this guy who committed this huge crime, you know, that for someone to go to jail over something like that, it's worth billions and billions of dollars. And suddenly this man is free to, I don't know, maybe work for Peter Thiel, maybe work for Lucky, who knows what it is. And that may have been worth a lot of money. That may have been worth the kind of money that the DOJ would have gone and looked at a little bit more deeply. Like, is that pardon something that was bought from right. Donald Trump? And in that case, it starts looking even a little bit more weird and suspicious around Matt Gates, who's now engaged to Lucky's sister. Because was he the guy who, I'm just spe speculating, this is a speculation, but was he the guy who brokered this deal? I mean, it is not, uh, it's not inconceivable. Well, He's close to Donald Trump. He's close to yeah. Palmer Lucky. Hey, let's make a deal. Let's get this guy out of jail. 
And what was Michael Ovitz doing in the mix? Is he getting 15% of the bargain commission? He's the agent. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that, you know, uh, boy, that all those pardons were smelled to me like they were being bought by people. None of them feel, hey. felt like there wasn't money being exchanged. We know that yeah. he, he was offering them out like candy. Maybe there's something there. Just just all corrupt. You know, I, I said this earlier on. Hopefully, DOJ, uh, Merrick Garland, will have some sort of special task force that will look into a lot of these pardons and how they came about. Um, I know that the rich pardon by Clinton was being investigated by DOJ way back when. And, but I don't know if there was the political wherewithal, as I was saying earlier, to go after a former president. I think we kind of learned our lesson to some degree. I'm hopeful mm-hmm. that we have, you know, after what the, the hell we just went through for four years, mm-hmm. that maybe attitudes might change at DOJ. But we'll see. I hope so. I mean, this seems to me like it's uh, it's certainly worthy investigating. Yeah. The all these planets are aligning in a very weird way around around Palmer and Matt's uh, actions. And if they've already got t- two investigations, maybe this will be a fourth one around Matt Gates, where they really are looking at the Donald Trump operation as a whole. You know, when you look at that operation as a whole, and you start looking at Roger Stone tied to the Proud Boys and and the other militia groups and all those heads, and now he's also tied to Joel Greenberg and Matt Gates and Russia uh, and Russia and Russia. And, and and so you start seeing a lot of you know it's not hard to see that this is a fairly small organization doing a lot of criming a lot of if and if it receives funding from mm-hmm. these deals you know if this pardon in particular starts to generate funds that can then go to the proud boys go to these militias and stuff it's like andy said that's why we need a task force to look into this stuff because mm-hmm. it's not just a one and done you know mark rich doesn't have to stay in switzerland i'm not excusing right. that but it's not just like a forgiveness a forgiveness for past crimes at this point this could be setting up an ongoing criminal enterprise to profit right. into the future and that's Trump's MO. I mean, he's always getting oh, yeah. a piece of something. So he's getting points of, uh, on the back end he, of whatever this. He's getting he's getting a vig. He's getting a certain exactly. vig. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not you to know? mention Google. I mean, Google's the hurt company here who had all their technology stolen from them. Presumably, it's being restolen now, having got a conviction against this guy. Now he's free and pardoned. All that technology is free to be sold again, presumably. Uh, Absolutely. And and let me just say one more thing. I read tonight, again, right before we came on air, that Facebook and YouTube were now going to lift their bans on Trump. So he was going to be able to do these shows and things like that again. So the technology plays into all this as well. Who knows how they got that to how they got them to do that. That's really interesting. It's certainly a, a nexus of activity. The stuff that looks more interesting to me is the stuff that's not the sexual stuff. It's not the, it's not the human trafficking. I mean, that sounds horrible and gross and <laughs> needs to be investigated. But the, 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 the meaty crimes seem to be the ones involving, involving money and seem to be involved, the ones involving the cryptocurrency and uh, potentially this uh, pay for play, whether it was for a pardon or for influence in, in the committees. Because Matt is part of the committee in Congress that would green light a lot of these laws um, that Palmer Lucky's company could benefit from. I mean, so this is plain old corruption, but it seems present. He's also on House House Judiciary. You know, they oversee DOJ and the FBI. And should he really be on there right now? Because he can follow everything that's going on in his investigation. It certainly, it makes the whole thing about getting on the air really quickly and yelling and screaming and saying, you know, these are all the things that have happened. To me, it makes it understandable why he did it. It sounds like a really panicked move uh, by yeah. a guy who's got a lot coming at him and trying yeah. to like just muddy the waters as much as possible for people so they can't see what's going on ahead of what could be several indictments. I mean, if Bill Barr greenlit this 
and avoided him the way that he did, it might be because he was very involved in, in, in greenlighting that prosecution. I know there may be a day when we have to look back at, at Bill Barr and reconsider uh, how history looks at this guy, but I'm not there yet. I think there may be a day. Uh, I don't believe it. Yeah, I, don't I, believe, don't believe I, it. I, I have a hard time, but people have suggested to me that maybe he wasn't the, maybe he was behind the scenes actually doing some good things, but I am uh, yet to believe that or certainly to see it myself. But I, uh, I initially thought that when he first came on. My, my, my theory is that, you know, he was there to, to save the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. through hook or crook however you know the establishment and whatever else that wasn't involved in doing that he would he it just didn't matter you know he would cover for trump when he had to and he would let others hang when he didn't need to do that yeah we'll, we'll I, see. I think he he's a true believer in the guys in opus day it's mm-hmm. yeah. and and he and pompeo who's you know, a protestant but they both are we want to have a theocracy yeah. And I think he really dreamed of that. I think he really believes that the rest of us horrible secularists don't know, you know from anything and only the great wisdom of the theocrats. Mm-hmm. And I think they believe it. I really do. I think they either they believe it or they are using it as the biggest, the best excuse they have for yeah. repressing uh, a whole, you know, a race of people. That seems to be the only way that they're, you know, either that's just the, what they're using because they think it's the only way out of this demogra- demographic crunch that they're in. But it sure is, uh, it's one of those two. Neither of them are very palatable. So, Wouldn't it be much easier for them just to create some policies that help people, just one or two? They're taking the hard way to saving their party and it, I don't think it's going to work. Well, it's about power, and, and they don't have any type of platforms, and the people that are giving them money don't want any of that. If they had liberal backers who believed in the rule of law and a number of other things, we never would have had Trump as president, or he would have been impeached or removed. So you got to think about again, with a lot of these crimes, with, with much of them, you just have to follow the money. Who's giving who what? Where's it coming from? Who's funding these packs? That's really where, where we can find out, where we can get to the meat and bones of this. There's so much fear put into the minds of this party and its members. You know, it's been possible for them to survive, that they will, there's no option for them, that regardless of what they do, the other demographics, the other races are going to come and take their place. It's the end game for them. Meanwhile, that's just not true. None of that is right. actually true. Well, yes. It's just all right. They're, they're projecting... They're projecting their own guilt at discrimination onto everyone else. And the truth is, there's a lot of people who are not like that. You know, I think this is something that's true of Trump, Noel. He can't imagine somebody doing something for the love of it. If there's well, no money in it, you're you're a chump. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't imagine like, somebody having a passion beyond money. And like it's like these it. people, they can't imagine people having higher ethics and higher aspirations than power money yeah because he sees it as a zero-sum game everything's binary to him and we saw when he was with john kelly at john kelly's son's graveside in arlington he was like i don't get it what's in it for them you know why would you go fight in a war for some ideal you sucker 
Yeah. And like that's a, so it's a great point, Melissa Joe. And like Andy just said, there is no platform. You know, we watched the Republican convention last August. There was no policy. There was no structure. There was no vision. It was about personality. It was about Trump's the personality. Best. And it was a TV show. It was a reality show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Really scared yep. that they're actually taking baby parts together in a room and they're going to come to your town, you know, and they're going to do this. And if you just wave enough flags and send us enough money, we'll protect your way of life. And it's packaged in the way of a reality show, which is designed to manipulate you. You know, there's always that tension, mm. the music and the, yeah. you looking oh, yeah, like yeah. something bad's about to happen. Like, yeah, you know, the, the cliffhanger. Right. It's, you know, <laughs> you know the, before you go to commercial. Oh, and there's always, yeah. you know, there's always this conflict in the third act. Uh-oh, we're not going to finish the house on time. I know, and it's all manufactured also. Exactly, because yeah. real policy, like Andy said, it, 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 it requires study and work and policy wonks. And it's not up and down. It's this. It's steady progression. That's what lifts yeah. up societies and all boats lift with that kind of progress but it has equanimity to it it has everybody involved and it has compromise which we've lost there used to be great that we had a conservative wing and a democratic or a more liberal wing because you want to meet in the middle if you did everything i wanted everybody would never work and you'd sit around and paint all day and that probably wouldn't be the healthiest thing for a society so you need somebody to say hey we're not going to spend all that money everybody doesn't get an electric guitar for chris you know but like (laughs) you know the point is it's checks and balance i said that for andy he's a metal guy but but also you know the the, i think that you you can't just have one worldview because you can't make everybody have your worldview and and it's stupid to try to do it so that's why you you have to make your arguments you know somewhere you meet in the middle and you know it's actually my lawyer said this is the best the best compromise is one where everyone is not walks away unhappy but not that unhappy that's Um, that's how it is with settlement i have clients who want millions and millions of dollars and their cases aren't worth millions and millions of dollars but they're worth more than one dollar or fifty thousand dollars or whatever and you meet in the middle, and, and a good settlement is better than having a trial where you just don't know what's going to happen. You, and you're going to spend, you know, half a million dollars just on the trial. And, and you, and if you win, you, it's going to be appeals, and you're going to be locked up for, for years. A good compromise, a good settlement, from my legal perspective, but a good compromise is always the way you want to govern. You want to govern from the center. You want to legislate from the center. Absolutely, we're different people from different you know regions who have different needs wants concerns and fears and we have to address yeah, and we really are being driven apart by the uh, the disinformation going on that is heightening all this division that we have in this country which doesn't really exist when you come it comes right down to I mean, some of it all. does but not to the extent 90 percent of it is, is manufactured and and you know our enemies are using it as a bludgeon against us our yeah, cultural diversity our freedoms they're, they're twisting them they're, they're giving an impression of it being in a twisted way which kind of makes us all more you know at each other's throats so to speak and tell everyone about your new documentary that is coming out in the future and not to have another date yet yes tell us a little bit about what it's called and what you did it's called the game is up disillusioned trump voters tell their stories okay. and it's five different stories of people who were pro-trump and changed they voted in 2016 they're not going to vote in 2020. Uh, and then we have a little epilogue after the election. But we made it during the the Mary Carey Craven, who's my producer, made, made it with me. We made it during the lockdown, which mm. was you know, we started shooting 
and then the lockdown happened. So we did a lot of it remotely, but the it stories well. that we we did. I just um, saw a little bit of it, but it's really strong. The characters are so interesting. Yeah, it's you know, Joe Walsh, a woman named Bacha Goldberg, who is like rising young teen Republican. David Weissman, who everyone here knows um, from Twitter. Uh, he was a Trump troll. He was a true believer. And uh, then some evangelicals. Oh, and Chris Gibbs, who's a, a wonderful guy, a farmer, was a you know staunch Republican, Ohio Republican, and uh, was really pleased early on with Trump and then started to see the cracks. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Joe Walsh. You know, I, I really, I, I saw his arc in a way. Yeah. I used to mm-hmm. go at him, and and then I would just try to reason with him to some degree because you know, I'm a moderate, you know, I'm a centrist. You know, and I saw his change. I, I really did. Yeah, and that's in fact, that's what gave me the idea was watching Joe Walsh transform in real time on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, and it was, and he was the first person I called when I decided to do this, and I just. I really thought in my naivete, I really thought that he would be like the bellwether. He would be like the harbinger of what a lot of Republicans would do. Mm. And I, I really, it was to me, the biggest disappointment was that all of them were like willing to just throw democracy away. Congress, yes, but I don't know if people on the ground are as, no, as into it as, as they were before. I just don't no. th- to feel like they were. And the Republican Party has lost a lot of members. Yeah. Good. A lot more yeah. independence now. It's a great idea because it's great to see people in that point in their evolution that they're changing and being forced to change. I think it's such a strong idea and it's exactly what we all need to be willing to do is to be able to be to get out of our fixed positions and, and move into a different space. Thank you so much. I'm Mr. Joe Peltier, Andrew Lauper. Honored, honored. Likewise, thanks so much for being here. And Noel, thanks so much for being here again. We'll see you again next Tuesday. Really interesting show and we'll see you again on Friday for the after show.